Hey everybody, welcome to Rain City Supercars episode 40. I'm Dan. And I'm Nick. Nick's <laughs> I, almost dead. I sound like I'm 40. Um, I had a rough weekend at Watershed. I, mean, I had a great weekend at Watershed. But, you know uh, you're only like a year and a half, not even from 40? You better not have a lung cancer at 40. I aged a year and a half in like a weekend. <laughs> um, thanks to Jason Boriog and Jonathan D'Amato and uh, th- oh God, four days of country music and God. That was a different. I have a whole different meaning of hoedown now. <laughs> I'm slightly worried, but okay. You saw the pictures. That's. I spent most of the day going through Facebook, wondering if I should untag myself. And things. I think we need to make a road trip to Montana. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, our our guest today is somebody I've talked about in the last few few podcasts, and I'm excited to have on. It's uh, Keith Northrup from Northrup Fabrication, and I met Keith on 405 down in traffic. Because I'm cruising along in my vet, roof off, and I heard something. I was like, what is that noise? I love this noise, but I don't know what it is. I'm looking around, and I see something in my rearview mirror I've never seen in my life rolling down the highway. Pinto, yep. Yeah. Nicest car you'll ever see. No, I'm (laughs) (laughs) So, if you don't know Keith, you probably do. He's kind of one of those guys. Keith owns the, uh, he's famous online and around the world and in the car scene for the trophy rat. And I posted a photo of this as a teaser on her last album coming up because this thing is kind of a see to believe mobile. Um, but once I saw him on the freeway, I got onto Cars and Coffee. I put out the word and I said, guys, I saw this thing on the highway. I didn't get a good enough look at it. I said, all I can describe it as is basically like a trophy truck, but a vintage truck and amazing in every way. And how do I find this guy? And so a ton of people popped up and they started sending me photos. Everybody knew exactly what I was talking about. And the funny thing is once I started seeing the articles and the photos, I had seen the articles before. I'd actually seen the truck before, but I didn't make the connection. And then... Looks way better in real life. It looks way better (laughs) in real life. Dramatically better in real life, which is saying a lot because it's got some awesome videos and photos that you guys will see on the page. But uh, I will go back to the way I described it on our page when I was talking about this. If you did a build and you didn't cut corners and you wanted to make the most badass thing you could this is pretty much what you come up with and that's not just flattery i saw this thing rolling on the highway on me and i was like i want to know everything about this project <laughs> I, I knew it was i i knew how special it was because i mean i had seen the articles too long times but you don't get excited about things that much i don't we, and we've said this because of the some of the things we've been able to experience through concorso and and rain city supercars and seamount rally we've kind of seen a lot of things that we wanted to see like you know everybody goes oh i had the Countach on my wall yeah i, I stood next to that one down yeah it, whatever it's a but, an event or sv pulls up and i'm like oh that's really cool then i keep walking and somebody will come up in like a vintage mini and i'm like sweet <laughs> yeah. i haven't seen that today you know it's, it's about seeing something different but this is this I is mean, as different as it gets you have a remote control car built after that car yeah, there's actually a few out there. But see, and see, that's something. I mean, some guys want to have their own Hot Wheels, but you have your own remote control car, which is pretty cool. Oh, yeah. So, oh, by the way, welcome. Thank yes, you. welcome <laughs> to the podcast. Thank Thanks you for, for joining me. us so late on a Monday night uh, in our makeshift studio because you're not done with Drivers Club yet. It's all your fault. There's yeah. Rainier here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're drinking Rainier, having a good time hanging out. There's any way I can ever pull that off and convince Rainier that this is this podcast they need to sponsor? I'll tell you. Yes, it is. It really is. We need, we do need a good alcohol sponsor. We can do that now. The FCC oh, is now God. allowing alcohol sponsors, so we need to make that happen. Woodenville Whiskey Co. or some other whiskey in the like around. Well, somebody's playing for some personal reasons here. Like. <laughs> Just some local whiskey. Pretty soon you'd be like, you know, Sparco seats would be nice even though we stand. Uh. <laughs> hey, I'll take what I can get. As usual, I get, we can talk about the vehicle all day long, but 
you can go anywhere on the internet and find everything out about this thing. Um, and we'll go over it briefly, but I really wanted to talk to Keith because I wanted to know how this build even came about, how he got into fab. Like, like I said, this is not rat rod in a garage. This isn't just, there's no way to describe it until you see it. And so that's why I'm having him here. Cause I want to know how all this started. You're a local guy too. You're from Kirkland. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, we're all local. It's, it's so. nice to see somebody that's a fabricator and a builder and a, and a dreamer to take something and go, you know what, you know what I should do is I should take one thing over here and a badass thing over here and have a baby. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And it is the beautiful bastard child. <laughs> that went down pretty much just a little bit of everything, road racing, off-road, um, you know, trophy trucks, just a little bit of everything all went into the one pod and that's what we came up with. So yeah. started with the truck, got the truck from a buddy for 500 bucks, wanted to do my first chop. So that was kind of the initial run. We, I chopped the top three inches, four in the front, it stretched two inches, got the cab looking the way I wanted it to. Then we started playing around with the stock frame that just didn't look right. What did it start as? It was a 37 International D10 pickup. So I just got the tin and a frame that my buddy who I bought it from, Tyler, he modified and beefed up. So it was ready to go for like a traditional rat rod or something that was going to be more stock. It would have been a perfect frame to use. But as soon as I started looking at it, nothing was going to work. wasn't low enough too just weird looking. I didn't want to do a big Z notch in the back and just wasn't working. And I pretty much build tubing. I do roll cages for anything and everything. So that was just, I had to go that route. As soon as I started, it was like the first two was been, I knew I was making the right decision and go where, you know, yeah, yeah. just pretty much went, went from then on. I knew it needed to be that full tube chassis cab comes off. And then we just kind of went from there and wanted to build my first independent suspension. So I went ahead and Gave that a whirl, eh. talked to a couple of buddies on the phone, got some measurements, got some numbers, and then just kind of like winged it and went for it. So, And it's uh, running LS6, right? Yep. So that was a good story. That was actually when I was working at Cantrell. I was cleaning out a storage locker because he was uh, getting ready to move to Bellevue. Yeah. And there was just like, I don't know, dusty old LS in the corner, like... That's, just a dusty old LS. Well, well, that's what it was. Shop. And it was, it was trash. And I was just cleaning up trash. So... That kind of got moved into my pile and kind of like... Hard. It's, a hard, it's hard to sweep an LS into a pan. It was an aluminum exactly. block, yeah, so sorry. it was a little lighter. But, uh, <laughs> you know, as soon as I made the trash pile, came and got Colin. He uh, confirmed that it was toast. It was trash. Just get rid of it. You know, we got to clean this out. They were moving their facilities to Bellevue. They were actually 500 yards from my doorstep. So that was a dream job if I ever had one, just being able to walk down there and drive every supercar imaginable makes it easy to pick up your new core l6 so walking down the street with a motor no <laughs> so pretty much got the ls uh the plans were i was gonna put it in a cayman and do like an ls i've seen that actually before supercar yeah. like a little mid-engine just piss all the porsche people off pretty much I, so I feel like a it. lot more realist than like i like just taking stuff to the just all the way. So. Oh yeah, you you seem like you like normal <laughs> things. Like I'd like a Porsche. So I wanted lot, to please. do that with an LS, and I thought it was going to be awesome. And uh, just not having a lift in my you know area or means, I I just couldn't pull a build off like that. So didn't really want to do the Porsche. Then I I left Cantrell, went on my own, 
and then that's just kind of I had to put the LS in the truck and just combine it all. So that's kind of where where it started. Let's let's back up here a little bit. So you're you're a local Kirkland guy. Yeah. Grew up born and bred Kirkland. Yep. I mean, third grade. Third grade. <laughs> like you know, all your all your buddies live here. How did you end up going from Kirkland to working at Cantrell and and doing and learning the skills that you have learned and what all you can do? Haul. Yeah. So just pretty much right out of high school, started welding, working in a fab shop in Bellevue, uh, Allied Steel. Did that for three. Swept the swept the floors there for two years. Then worked there for two years. And then after that, uh, went into construction, remodeling, started doing that because I just felt like I needed to know that whole construction game. And it helped because my best friend Jason was racing, or he wanted to race off-road. So we were on the same schedule. It just put us in the same spot at the same time and just worked out. So made that leap, kind of left the metal fab full-time and started doing construction full-time. Still dabbled with... uh, you know, I, I started building buggies at 18 in our garage and just doing, and it actually was in Jason's parents' garage. So we used that one for a long time. And, uh, from there just kept, kept doing, I did construction for like eight years and just kind of felt lost in the, the car community around here. Cause I felt like it was growing at that time a lot. Saw all these shops. My buddy worked at Speedware. I went in there and it was like, Oh my God, this is like the best facility I've ever seen in my life. They just had, it was like 20,000 square feet, every brand new tool imaginable. And um, the lead fabricator was Ron Brown. He was like 13 year champion of Miss Budweiser. So it was just like, I like, I had to work there. I just like had to learn this guy's knowledge. Oh, I've been so, in Speedwares. That's, yeah, I tend to spend too much money every time I'm around that place. Yeah. So Maybe I did just that. pulls it out of your wallet as you're driving by. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So I had, I got my foot in the door, left construction, had to get like back into the automotive industry. So like I kind of made the transition, fell into speedwear. That was a disaster. Um, so every day I would go home, I would pass Cantrell and it was like, man, well, they're making it. They know what's up. They got like six Porsches out front. And like, so I went into Cantrell one day, asked, you know, are you guys hiring a fabricator? And he was pretty like straightforward just like no we're not looking right now you know we're good and so all right whatever and just let me know when you guys are ready you know and then uh, i was like i don't know like nine weeks later or something it was just really random just like friday called me up one day coming home from speedwear and he's like still looking for a job i'm like yep <laughs> he's like okay well nine weeks i have been yeah. he's like you want to come for an interview i'm like i'm coming right now he's like all right so we like had an interview we kind of talked about it he was all about it. His fabricator had to leave. I think he was moving out of state or something. So yeah, I think didn't he go down to California? Uh, I think it was like Colorado. Or somebody. I'm trying Some, to remember. It was, it's such a small world in the car world. Yep. Yeah. So this, super, is, this is with Colin, though. What you were talking yep. about. Right? Yeah. So this was my like first interview with Colin. Uh, his fabricator was leaving. Pretty much told him where I was. He just laughed because that's kind of where he came from and then he's like you know you're gonna get fired on monday as soon as you show up and i'm like well i'm gonna give him my two weeks you know all you know you gotta do it right and just you know being a little kid i was i was like oh yeah show up on monday i'm like oh i just want to let you know i put my two weeks in and this and that and just get your toolbox get out and i was like what 
<laughs> called calling me. I'm like, so I'm on my way over. <laughs> so I'm going to need to work tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, so so it all worked out. I got two weeks with his fabricator before he left, and that was just epic. That really kind of like excelled my, you know, new job and made it more comfortable. And that's really where I would say I stepped up my game and, you know, there was no, no fans or butts. I was the lead fabricator. I had to handle every job professionally and perfect and there's no messing up. So, uh, I felt like I got a lot of my confidence working there. I did that for three years. And then as they moved to Bellevue, I decided to stay in Kirkland and start my own thing. So. Yeah. So now you're doing on-site construction and fabrication. Yep. Uh, another small world thing, of course, as I'm looking for Keith here, is I'm online and Doug Perry, Drivers Club, is like, oh, yeah, he did all the fabrication on my house. Oh, yeah. That's been uh, <laughs> six months of a, that was an awesome job on Lake Washington. So that was beautiful. That sucks. Very, yeah, very good steel work and beautiful design. Looks awesome. Yeah, he, he sent us some photos. Like when, when he made the connection, he's like, Oh, he's coming in to do it? Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, like, Doug had it somewhat planned. We were supposed to do like a boat day. He, like, oh, he, I was, he had it, I was we all were, for oh, it. That's too. happening. I'm I mean, still ready. Yeah, oh, that's we're, still doing we're, that. no, we're still doing <laughs> it. I'm a wake surfer. So yeah. I was like, Yeah, let's do this. Nice. I'm uh, a wake drinker. All right. Uh, yeah. I can so do I drink when I'm yeah, awake. Yeah, I haven't gotten there yet. I still got to need the rope. Oh, you're going to learn. Oh, I know. I'm. So yeah, and then we find out he's doing all the you're doing all the fab work for Drivers Club on the the wine bar or the wine storage yep. the bar and a few other things there. So yep. some of the detail stuff up in the clubhouse. Yep. And again, like I've said this since and that the, safe room for Doug, but nobody knows why. It's no. <laughs> oh, I did a lot of uh, a bunch of welding on the that other suite with the car. 21 car stacker oh the start yeah the car stacker is going so in. we did a bunch of welding putting that together with the what was that one who are those people like? metropolitan detail uh it's like right next to them i forget the company was installing the lift but they were a good couple of guys cool so yeah the safe room is for when amanda has a bad day we know how that oh goes. yeah exactly so duck and hide <laughs> she's small but mighty yeah exactly. <laughs> she knows where we live doug yeah or dan <laughs> But anyway, as I've been saying, and we've been saying this since the day we started this thing, the whole reason we started this is the car world is so damn small. People don't really know how quick things travel and how small the world is. And sure enough, like I said, random meeting on 405 and Doug's like, oh yeah. You know, it's just, it's, everybody knows everybody through one degree of separation. Like literally one degree of separation. It's, uh, and so here we are, like a couple of weeks later, hanging out. And I love it because that's why we do this. But, um. I like him already. He already just walked in and asked for a Rainier. So yeah. He's just like, when? We're going to get another one. Good yeah. people. That's like another <laughs> one there. I, you don't have to hide it. People are used to hearing that. <laughs> yeah. It's the sound of authenticity, <laughs> folks. Rain City Supercars, they're either hearing Rainier cans opening or like whiskey glasses and clinking. That's so. good. Let's take a quick break. We're at the 15 mark. So let's come back real quick and we'll talk more about racing and all the other stuff. This thing, uh, the trophy rag gets used. And uh, that's one of my favorite things about it. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. This is Dan from Rain City Supercars. Rain City Supercars is brought to you by M Squared Fitness, personalized fitness and personalized performance. Nick and I are both members at M Squared and can personally testify to the great results. You can find M Squared Fitness at m2-fitness.com or on Facebook or Instagram at m2fitnessredmond. Mention Rain City Supercars and get your first visit free. But remember, you've got to mention Rain City Supercars. And we're back. Um, we're talking about this rat rod, trophy truck, trophy rat, trophy, anything. Whatever you want to call it. I mean, you look on the internet. I did it before he showed up. I was doing a search because like we said, 
we've seen the videos. And I typed in trophy and piped in the R and it went trophy rat rod, trophy rat truck, <laughs> just right there. Yeah. It's insane. You drive this thing on a daily basis. In fact, we were just talking um, during our break about what it took you to get it certified by the Washington State Patrol and what you yep. thought it was going to take and what it didn't, but which is kind of funny. But it's, it's got normal plates on it and you drive this thing. Oh, yeah. To and from work, you know, and things like that. And you use it as a truck. Try to. You know, you try to. Oh, yeah. Exactly. It's kind of a rolling showcase for your work. So I think that's really smart. Yeah. Yeah, it pretty much, uh, you know, gets your thumb thumbs up quota every day. Yeah. Like, There's all these yeah. work trucks with headache racks. <laughs> then he pulls in the parking lot. What are you guys working on? Yeah. <laughs> you just kind of scare everyone and everyone starts looking at you. And then they're like, oh, that's kind of cool. And they kind of you like, are a scary let dude. You, so, let yeah. you be, be, and you just move on. So. I'll never forget seeing the way this thing squatted on the freeway when you pulled away from me. And then oh. I and I was like, that's a trophy truck. That's trophy suspension. The way the whole thing just squatted to the ground for grip. Well, as soon as you like uh, you like kind of like threw your arm up, I floored it. And I yep. was like, he needs to hear this. Yep. I was like, yeah. <laughs> he understands. Yes, me. he did. He knows. Yeah, so. I was like, yeah, the whole rear end's uh four link. Everything's kind of micro sized. It's done with a lot of the similar parts. I've just kind of made everything a little smaller. So it's, it doesn't have 32 inches of travel in the rear like trophy trucks have. It has right. 14. Which would be awful um, on the street anyway. So. so from just kind of minimizing everything and making it like adaptable for my ride, it ended up with 14 front and rear. Uh, the rear end's a four-link with a trailing arm, just like a trophy truck would have. Uh, they have another shock in there. They'll have a coilover and a bypass for tunability. I just didn't want to package eight shocks into yeah. a hot rod. So it was like, eh, I'm just going to go with this coilover. And I know it's not enough to blitz whoop for hours, but I can go blitz whoop for an hour and it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I'm tired after an hour, so I'm ready to go hang out and have Rainier. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got some great videos of that thing. I mean, even just the one video in the, in the desert, off-road, like on uh, uh, even just some forest roads, and then on the racetrack too, in the dirt. Oh, yeah, we took it out to the ridge, and that was epic. I want to go back there for sure. That was fun. We were racing around with Caymans and little Miatas and a couple other. I think there was a vet out there that day, and they were just they were just laughing, and they were – they love seeing it, so it yeah. Was, I mean, and it's it comfortable. Cool. You have all the creature comforts, right? I mean, like tons of padding, no AC, <laughs> no, <laughs> no AC. AC. Yeah. We'll just take the windshield out. It's easier that way. It, no, it really helps. But yeah. it kind of that's the one thing about that. One thing you learn from building custom vehicles, there is kind of like a little heat pocket. The first year I built it, I didn't have a windshield in it, and no heat issues ever. You just got a lot of bugs in your teeth, and you kind of dealt with it. <laughs> but you know, as soon as I put the the glass in there, yeah, there's definitely like a little heat pocket that you know i didn't i didn't see in the instruction manual when i put it together so that's that's one thing now i got to deal with is an ac unit would be epic or some type of swamp cooler off the window i don't know I'm trying to figure that out still so oh swamp, I just, swamp cooler <laughs> off the window i'm thinking like roof scoop integrate yeah like a roof i've tried scoop to do the there's been so i've been going back and forth between like just cutting the roof out just so it's because i never drive it out in the rain anyway so it doesn't matter and yeah um, taking the windshield out, making it a, uh, whatever you call that when the windshield safari goes out. Yeah, yeah safari, safari window, window up yeah. front. There's been so many ideas been tossed around. It's just kind of, I, I just keep driving it. I didn't <laughs> know about the, the swamp coolers until we, there's a, there's a gentleman that shows up to exotics. That's got a V-dub bug. That's got one of the original Volkswagen yeah. swamp coolers. Yeah, that's I've pretty much it. what I would want. God, that's cool. And then we've got another work, a good too. friend of ours uh, who's got a 22, 23 window. 
21. They're both 21 windows. Uh, Blake and Jason both have 21. Yeah, and they've got the Safari windows. And Safari windows are great yep. until you drive through a large swarm of bees on the freeway. Oh, Hypothetically, I heard that, that really did happen. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was painful for yeah. him. I just didn't think it would hold up in the off-road because everything pretty much just like rattles loose when you're yeah. off-road. And you're, if you're... If you go Sounds down like to SoCal and me, I'm just saying <laughs> we pretty much, uh, uh, the goal is to get it to KOH. That was the first race we debuted it at. That's down in Southern California, yeah, Hammers, yeah. John- Johnson Valley. And you go blast whoops out there and everything's going to come loose. It doesn't matter if you've, you know, it's a perfect drove truck. Their stuff comes loose too. It's just yeah. inevitable when you're hitting bumps that speed for that long, everything just works its way loose or just breaks. So, yeah. <laughs> So for those of us that are people that don't know, and I don't know a lot about it, but like in my mind, I'm seeing you going across like multiple bumps at high speed when you're saying the faster you go, the smoother it gets. Smoother it yes. gets. So yes. It's finding the, that yeah. happy medium of what the car can take, what is smooth, what you can take. Um, what the fillings in your teeth so, can take. Yeah. yeah. Um, we did a lot of work with King Shocks out in the desert for, I think we did a about a three-day tune job with them the first year of KOH because, again, it was just so new. You could pretty much get anything you wanted that that year. So everyone was just happy to work on it, help me out, got their shocks performing to the max. Pretty much the only way to get it to perform better would be an internal bypass coilover or add a bypass shock to that whole setup. But we can go hit whoops at, you know, 60 to 80 miles an hour, like just hit just – Puts a big grand on your face at sixty miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. BMW would do great at once. Um, <laughs> top speed I've had it on the lake bed was one seventeen, so that was fast enough for me again. So like I'm happy with that, and it's just a blast. Like uh, it's definitely. And and to give a, a, an accurate description, and we and you and I were talking about this. You wear ear protection while driving this car, while starting and driving this car. Well, it is pretty loud. There's, yeah. It's straight out uh, side pipes, but there is a little muffler in there. So I did try to help everybody else's ears out. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds so beautiful, though. And it fits, but it is like, It's really one of those loud. things like, you know, when, you, when you're around in the Volkswagen bus and you're driving around and you're going super slow. People are like, oh, okay, it's cool, whatever. They just kind of give you a pass. Like you're, you may be in the way, but they're gonna be like, oh, it's it's cool, you know, it's designed for that. And they see yours like it's loud. Yeah, it scares everyone. It scares everybody. And they and then they're like, over. and then they just start laughing. They're just like, this is so. They cool. kind of then start looking at you, and then they're like, wait, wait, it's real. It's like, oh, and then they give you a thumbs up, and then then you just kind of keep going. Yeah, <laughs> you went up to the uh, the Hot Wheels Trophy Tour last weekend. Yeah, um, we didn't win, unfortunately. I t- I'm actually kind of surprised about the car. The car that won was pretty cool, actually. It was like a modified 240 or something. Yeah, it was. It, it, it was, was really cool. Very, very nice. So, but, just wasn't my truck. So, yeah. wasn't that cool? But uh, the crowd <laughs> reaction must have been kind of fun. Yeah, it was cool. We were kind of in a little rat rod zone. There was a lot of the Gambler 500 guys there. Yeah. There, uh, so they had some really unique cars out there that were pretty cool. Um, so I don't know. The one next to me was on air ride. It had a sprint car engine and huge Hoosiers. So he was definitely the crowd favorite because he just had more buttons to play with and loud exhaust. And my alternator died, so I didn't get to like rev it up with him. Oh. So he just was doing it. I'd love to see his car as, as a Hot Wheels. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, I, it's the perfect thing for it too. So you've already got your own RC car. You need to see it to get the, the Hot Wheels now. What's uh? What's the future build plans? Are you gonna do it? I mean, not for the trophy rat. You, if, 
Uh, just more trucks, um, trying to get a, you know, some lifts and a little bigger facility to work in. And then we'll just start pumping out some old trucks. I feel like I've found a little niche. I don't think they'll all be trophy rats. They might be flatbeds or car haulers or crane trucks. I don't know. I just want to keep kind of going with this full custom truck theme. I feel like it just is me. Yeah. The first thing I, I want one. Because it looks so damn fun all the time. Because you can use it. I see a lot of show cars. Definitely, I mean, we see show cars all the all the time. Every I mean, you know, we do the exotic stuff, so we see show cars every single weekend, and they're beautiful, and I love them. But for me, I've got almost thirty three thousand miles on my vet, and it's a sixteen. I use the crap out of my cars. That's I don't awesome. think I will ever be the person who buys a car just to look at it. And I love it. I get it, but it's just not me. Seeing something like yours, I'm like. I know a road that I immediately, as soon as I saw it, I was like, I want to go up a 90. I want to go to Tinkham Road. I want to make sure nobody's on it. And I just want to blast down that road. Heck yeah. That was the first thing I thought of. And then I'm, I'm like immediately play, thinking of the place I used to go as a kid, up through Walker Valley. Not up, in, like, up into the hills, but just the gravel road between. I grew up in Arlington. So yep. playing out in the dirts, what I did. I rode dirt you know if it was missing, not exactly where it went. It yeah. It'll totally. probably come back. Too. Well, that's kind of, yeah. when, <laughs> when I was building the truck, that's what happened. We were, we were contemplating between 10 lug and you know, all these different ideas going back and forth. And then my buddy drove me home in a little V-dub bug and he slowed down for the road tracks. And I was like, what are you, what are you doing? And he's like, well, you know, this thing's on a beam and you're just like slamming the ground. Mm. I'm like, well, that sucks. I'm putting suspension on my truck. <laughs> it was just like, <laughs> as soon as I got home, it was like not lowering it. It's raising. We're putting suspension on it. This thing, I want to drive it. And that's exactly, that just kind of took, it just took, took control and, I just wanted to beat on it. Pretty much built it like a race car, an ultra four truck, minus the four wheel drive. Uh, has all spider tracks, all one ton, thirty five spline. Everything's built pretty much just like our ultra four race car, just minus four wheel drive. So, and and that's kind of what I was getting at in the beginning of this is building a vehicle for function as well as form is kind of the epitome of engineering to me. That's that's what engineering as a whole is to me because. It's easy. I shouldn't say it's easy. It's easier to build something that looks really good. But when you got to use it, then you've got durability issues and you've got longevity issues. Like you know, race cars, even if you drive them on the street, they don't work that well. If you drive them on the track, they work great. But <laughs> that if you was kind street- of part of the big thing about this was just finding the, the happy medium of everything of trying to get the hot rod look, not make, you know, 16 inch shocks sticking out the bed or doing all these, you know, trying to, I had to leave a little of the off-road aside to get, I feel like, the look right, to make it look like a street rod or a hot rod or just a truck that you just look at and you didn't really know what it could do. It's just, you know, kind of leaves it the blank slate in your mind of just like, what do you do? So uh, I just want to... like it needs an awesome tow vehicle. I think that's the next problem. <laughs> yeah. Tow rig would be awesome. Yeah. We've been talking about it. We got a di- I got a diamond T that's kind of just waiting to get the knife and... We're, we're waiting for a couple other ones to come just kind of float into our, our realm here. <laughs> I feel like it, we, I missed out on one down in, uh, where was it? It was right outside Ellensburg. There was one on the side of the highway, and the guy was ready to just give it to me that day, and I just like wasn't quite ready. I didn't have $900 on me that moment. So I was like, well, let me call you. Let me go back home and <laughs> call him a couple weeks later, and he's like, oh, that one's gone. And I'm like, dang. <laughs> oh, so seize the opportunity yeah is there a, a carrot out there that you've uh like your ultimate build that you haven't done yet you think you're gonna do someday 
Uh, well, like I would say, a trophy rat two four wheel drive with a big block would be pretty epic. You gotta do independent if you do a four wheel drive. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely have to do independent. It's just the handle, like the usability, the handling. It's just epic. It just cost way too much money when I was building the trophy rat the first time. There was like, eh. We'll like leave that thirty grand somewhere else. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> I'd like to eat tomorrow. Yeah, so, so yeah, yeah doing this right is to. not cheap. There's no cutting corners when you do this right. And that's what it. And that's what it took. I just wanted to make. It took two and a half years to build this thing because every part, you know, once you get to that part, it, I had to get the right part. So it was, you know, researching, figuring it out, figuring out if I could use a trophy truck part. Is it too big? Is it you know right? Is it you know what I need? So that was kind of a big thing of. You know, I got kind of told I was crazy for doing what I was doing, but it just, I thought it worked. It needed to be beefy. It needed to kind of be compact because it's a small truck. I didn't have a big place to build it. So everything kind of had to just be simple and easy and small and felt like we found a good combo there. I always love it in like the, the fabrication industry when people come in and go, this is what you should do. Hmm. Well, thank you for telling me what I should do on my car. <laughs> Yeah, I love listening to all the ideas. Oh, I yeah. just kind of take it in and put it in my little uh, storage locker, that, yeah. and yeah, and, yeah. and it, sometimes it changes my opinion. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it it really just helps me brew up new 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 ideas. If by hearing, I always like inviting people over just to just see what they think, get their opinion, see what see what they would do, see what you know. Sometimes you drive over the railroad tracks in a Volkswagen and go, yeah. "Hey, suspension, ding!" Yeah, <laughs> so. It's kind of funny. I've been debating my next car. I'm going to put the Corvette up for sale in about a month or so, month and a half. When I get back from Monterey and after we do a couple more little drives, then I'm going to put it for sale. the motor out. Yeah, the LT4. <laughs> we disagree on this, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you how to spend your money, Dan. Do you want to buy it from me? You should no. buy it from me, Nick. Oh, Nick loves I'd that love car. I'd love well, that it won't car. have an engine, so. <laughs> it won't happen. <laughs> That'll be in my house. <laughs> oh, you think you're going to find Dan's well, engine? We're building in the back his room? new car. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I've been turning Corvette into a rat rod. <laughs> There you go. Trust me. Uh, that's kind of where the road I'm going down. Not in the way you think, though. So I've I've been going back and forth on what I want to get next. Everybody keeps asking me, and I've been I go back and forth a hundred times a day about what I want to do next because I have a huge love for off road. I have ever since I was a kid. Uh, shout out to Chris Shirley from Trails End Tap House in Snohomish, great restaurant, but also the guy I used to go four buying up in the woods with. And so I grew up doing that. I, mean, I grew up riding dirt bikes. I also grew up r- driving sports cars, wrecking sports cars, all the above. And so. M- I keep looking at like a GT3 or something as a, my next road car. I yes. love the GT3. I Me never too. get sick of seeing that car. Uh, the 911 body shape is one of my favorite things in the world, especially the new 991. I think they got it perfect right there. But I also do a lot of road trips. So it's one of the only non-three pedal cars I actually like. I, I bought my Vet because it's got a third pedal. But the 991 actually drives great. But my Aren't f- the new new ones coming out with the third pedal? Yeah, they are. That's a lot of my budget, unfortunately. But uh, You got two kidneys. I can, I can get a down out of one. <laughs> but it's so, always about the fact you can buy it, but it's it's affording yeah. the maintenance. Oof. But if I could do anything, my favorite Porsches are those uh, those Rothman Rally 911s. Those are my favorite cars ever that Porsche's ever done. Because I look at that, and and you've seen me listen to it or hear it. There's nothing better than the sound of the new uh, the guys are the guys are rallying GT3s and RSs now. Nice. And they're asphalt, gravel, mixed terrain. Epic. I'm like, this is the most amazing thing in the world. I'm like, that is so far out of my budget. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you have the Cruiser too, yeah. which I love. 
it's the idea of like, okay, so I drove to Banff and I drove the cruiser and it, I went up there in January. It was like negative 20 degrees when I'm up there. It was crazy. It was Can't gorgeous. Look. It's one of those beautiful times to ever go up there is when nobody else is up there because it's too damn cold. Nothing looks as beautiful as the mountains up there. And I'm driving the cruiser up there, which was comfortable, started every time, reliable, like great vehicle for that drive. The whole time I'm thinking, you know what I really want in this drive <laughs> is a lifted 911 C4S because I really nice. want all wheel drive because this road is awesome. I just need some like some Michelin Alpine tires or something, a really good all wheel drive system. And then I'd be in heaven. Like this would be amazing. But I just keep looking at it. Like, there's no cheap way to do that. Zero. Like you could buy the cheapest C4S on the market and to get it up is so much more expensive than to get it down. Hmm. To get the geometry for the suspension right when you lift a car is way harder than lowering it. Like, there's no way. Because everybody's got something out there designed to lower a car. Oh, yeah. Nobody guys, nobody buys a 911 and says, all right, I need this thing up like three inches, and I need some aluminum skid plates and a light bar <laughs> and all that. Like, that throws the geometry. easy to lower a car. You just cut the springs. Everybody knows that. You just heat them. <laughs> Yeah. You heat them and cut them. Duh. Straps. Unless you've got a Corvette, you don't have straps. Strap them. Yeah. Strap straps. Yeah. I've seen that. Like, are those ratchet straps? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go stand over here because now yeah. it's going to explode. Yeah. Oh, trust me, my Scirocco, I had this 84 Scirocco that I first my first car, right? This That had H&R springs that were cut and heated. Well, my brother had a Scirocco. These things are awesome. I love that car. I wrecked it. Most weird is the car will have owned one. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's so... That would be my dream, like a, a lifted Rally 911 that I could daily because I would drive the crap out of that thing, and it would be so much fun. Everybody can get anybody can get into a Raptor and like go haul ass on a gravel road and have a good time, but do it in a 911, way more fun. <laughs> Just cool. saying. You need like a pre-runner, like a luxury pre-runner though. Yeah, which is like, like 30 inches of travel, four doors. This weekend may have changed my <clears throat> opinion on Raptors, by the way. Yeah, you drive one? No, I want one badly. But I went. I went when, when you drive through a country music festival that comes from Washington State, and there's nine of them lined up in a row in like the same color, <laughs> and they've all got the same light bars. I'm going, okay, somebody's got to somebody's got to make these things <laughs> like yeah, don't better. step it up. <laughs> no, I mean, I love. It. I still want one, but I just I'm like I mean, it looked like Ford had brought like the whole showroom. <laughs> it's like which color would you like? <laughs> well, they got the new Ranger after coming. I want the space. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we could. I can sit here and talk all day. I'm not. I'm not we, we all know I'm not going to buy one, but I want one. <laughs> I actually, yeah. I, could, I would do the Ranger over the over the uh, the F one fifty Raptor because it's narrower. And the biggest problem with the Raptor is that it's wider than an H one by two inches. It's huge. Truthfully, um, and I'm, you know, you know, my, one of my favorite shows on TV is the Diesel Brothers. Oh yeah, I was watching today. And they just did. They just did a, their own Raptor of a two a two F two fifty. Yeah, two fifty Raptor. Raptor. I just saw that. Ford needs to build that. Like, do a pre-runner, like, not, I mean, I don't know pre-runner, but I would say pre-runner, but like, de- like one of the A diesel diesels, Raptor would be diesel, amazing. Yeah. That would so. be wild. Yeah. That'd be like bigger turbo, the whoops. bigger injectors. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't want to hit the the whoops in the tow rig, though. Absolutely. <laughs> Can't you just see the, the trailer going yeah. like this? Come on. Let's switch gears a little bit. I try and keep the show about the people because it's more important to know what kind of drives people. And you're a family guy. Like, how do how do they handle all of it? I got to ask. Like, yeah. It's just a lot of work all the time. So, yeah, they're they're good sports. You know, my son's three, so he's definitely getting into, you know, more cars. He's towing stuff. And he's into photo the other day. excavators. And he's just all about every type of dump truck and everything possible. So doing construction at the house has been awesome. So he's just getting to seeing 
concrete trucks, you know, uh, concrete, like everything from pump trucks to dump trucks, excavators, just everything. So that's been super exciting. And, uh, but yeah, that's been a, it's a little overwhelming, uh, sometimes, but just a lot of late nights kind of wait for everyone to fall asleep. And then I go get in a few hours or I just wake up really early and do it all before they wake up no. and then make them <laughs> breakfast. So they, they love me still. That's a good way to do it right there. That's how you do it. Understanding woman, I would like to buy uh, build a truck that nobody's ever built before. <laughs> it took a lot of convincing. She kept looking out in the garage and just kind of scratching her head and being like, "Oh, I'm sure you know what you're doing, but <laughs> I don't really know." Well, I know I love him. Yeah, I think he's going crazy. <laughs> I built it right when we were having our first kid, so there was a lot of sleeping going on, so it really worked out well. That. <laughs> Mom and baby were sleeping, and I could just kind of vanish. Last night, that wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, no, it totally was. That was yeah. there. You, you. So, as timing wise, it just worked out perfect. And I've just been dri- driving it as much. You know, the kid doesn't like he his new thing now is it's too loud, so he doesn't want me to start it ever. He wants me to push it. I'm like, <laughs> what? Nobody wants me to push this. Like, we got to start it up and rev it up. And he's just like, no, 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 too loud. <laughs> like, put your earmuffs on, then you know. I feel like I don't even know you. (laughs) Exactly. What's uh? What are the other cars you've had though? I mean, what was the road to the trophy rat and everything else? Ah, um. So just the highlights. My yeah, I guess my first rig was '84 Toyota pickup, and then that just kind of morphed. It had a flatbed, it had flames, and then it got cut up and turned into my first two buggy at 18, and. From there, just kind of, then I had, as soon as that turned into a buggy, I had to have the tow rig. So then it was kind of like I had a 78 Chevy that was puke yellow, that was had like a Tommy gate. That thing was terrible. I was going to buy my first cell phone, and it blew up on 405. <laughs> so I had to wait like four more months to get a cell phone. That was terrible. And then uh, got a like Super Duty, kind of went from there. I've just had like diesel trucks to be able to tow all the toys, and then... My Toyota buggy got sold up in Canada. Then I built another four-seater with a 454 with my brother. He had some parts from Blazer he built, and we kind of mixed them together and built a KOH rig. I raced that, blew the training up, and kind of went broke from there. Sold everything. And then that this was my first build because of the off-road we like lost reader pit. We lost a lot of off road around here. So I kind of was like, I'm still bitter about that. I'm done with that. It's super epic now though. Like it's come back and it's super cool. I want to build another wheeler just to go out there and have fun with my kids. So now I feel like I built the trophy rat. That was the next big thing. I needed to build something that could drive on the road. I could drive off road that had a V eight that just could do a little bit of everything. Cause I just wanted to dabble. I wanted to, go to the the road course because i was going there with cantrell all the time and it was just like man i want to do this and so i just kind of like had to try everything i tried the hot rod i tried you know the track i tried off-road so it really helped me kind of like just dabble in every little realm and now i understand why he's building such a large garage Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) to store them all i want to keep them all mentally (laughs) i want to own all these cars and i just have to find a place to put them yep Yep. Uh, it's, it reminds me of our episode with, with Blake, uh, CB, and you got to be obsessed to be s- successful in this. Mm-hmm. Like everybody I talk to, that, that's a, that is the constant theme of creators. 
that are good. Not the ones that just do it and as a hobby, the ones that do it as a living and are successful. It's an obsession. Like they, it has to be perfect. It has to, the, the learning can never stop is what I'm getting at. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's like a broken record. Building stuff. And, and you can kind of tell this. It's never, it, I, you're the trophy trucks, truck rat rod, I was, trophy rat, trophy rat. Sorry. <laughs> it's been a long weekend. It, it's not done. It's never done. Like, during the break, you're talking about air conditioning and windshields. Oh. And maybe I'll cut the top off. Like yeah. it's not—they're not done. Like, well, you just—you're—you know—you're building something from scratch, so you never know how it's going to turn out until you use it. So your projects not, are really never done until you sell it to the next guy. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm not really into like changing it too much because it really worked really well. And there's a couple little fine tuning, like I said, like AC would be epic, or like you know, there's just little things. It, it, it could use windows. It doesn't have door windows or anything. <laughs> it could so. use windows. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I just love it though. So I don't even want to change it. I just want to build the next one better because it, I feel like I built it so long ago. There's just so many more ideas and just brewing up there. So, and when you say obsession about fabrication or anything like someone, when you do it, like that's totally how it's been. I pretty much eat, sleep, breathe, just metal fabrication. Like if it's, I'm working all day, I just want to go home and try to figure out what, what the next project is and build the next thing that, you know, I haven't seen or, you know create something just new and exciting so well i think a porsche rally car would be a fun idea just saying super exciting <laughs> don't fulfill his dreams <laughs> i want a porsche enough. too it's bad enough. i know <laughs> we I know, have to build two now <laughs> that's the problem like i think that's what's so great like you look at the, the shows around the country like the roadster store roadster show and things like that creators like you are pushing each other it's like well okay i fab this now what do you got to do i fab this and some of the stuff we're seeing now is just incredible I mean, I mean, especially in the off-road world. I mean, not and not just the technology, in this, but the the cabs and the capsules and, and how they are making something that used to go out in the desert and have nothing and now has creature comforts like yeah. you know air conditioning. That's oh all, yeah. yeah, even even a bone stock Rubicon now is more capable than every other Jeep they've ever made, hmm. and it has heated seats oh, and yeah. everything else. It's like take it. It literally has more creature comforts than a Range Rover, and it's just the stock. Rubicon now and okay. it'll go it's lockers electronic disconnect sway bars like it it's don't get me wrong I'm not saying it's up there with the crawlers things like that but for where the jeep's <laughs> grinning like it just yeah like uh, trust me I get it like oh it, the first time I take my Rubicon off-road and take the doors off those seat heaters the minute the water hits them is going to work real <laughs> yeah, well I, I think it's too much but it, it's crazy how far it's come along like just how far you see that trickle down I mean you, you see it in the race world and road cars and everything else but it's like the stuff that was just unheard of and dream it's just standard equipment now on this stuff yep, pretty much yeah Look at the carbon fiber market. I yeah. <laughs> I just had this image Forged of some carbon. poor new guy buys his Rubicon, takes it through a river, and then his seats are electrocuting him. It's oh, the water. Wow. <laughs> it's the water. It's the seat heaters. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, you're right. The trickle. I mean, look at the, like I said, I said, carbon fiber. I mean, remember when the F40 came out and everybody went, carbon fiber is the next thing. And now it's, we're getting it on like regular cars coming off the lot. Uh, the Prius. Please don't ever say the word yeah. Prius. What? Yeah. They use carbon fiber in the Prius now to, to reduce weight. It's not, it's not the carbon fiber weave that's all pretty. It's is, the same stuff they use in like the C6 is Corvette. Carbon is this part of the carbon fiber embarrassed to be part of the Prius? Probably. Oh, okay. It's in the trunk, things like that. Like it's just... It wants to be hidden away. It's, it's just regular run-of-the-mill cars now are using carbon to lighten them up because it's not expensive to produce anymore. Remember, it's, it's, it was always the tooling that was so expensive. Same with forged carbon. That's why but, they're in the left lane. Because they like yeah have the left lane, left lane Prius we all follow it on Instagram left lane Prius on Instagram folks 
Get your laughs. Learn to hate things. Uh, anyway, <laughs> let the bitterness grow. <laughs> yeah. There's no excuse for ugly electric cars anymore. No, the Prius is terrible. There you go. Electric rat rod. Actually, that would be kind of cool. We thought about buying some Tesla motors and throwing them in, but, you know, it's just money. So I, I, I follow yeah. a guy on YouTube <laughs> that, that does that, takes Teslas and pulls them apart. And the stuff he has to go through and the, and, and the crap that Tesla has built in there to, to stop people from doing that thing, hmm. it's not worth it. So, but still, get on that, would you? Yeah. No, I think torque would be sweet. a ton of fun. Heck yeah. Look cool. Yeah. <laughs> different t- different sound entirely. No, but we just said one of the coolest things about that is you heard it coming before you saw it. Oh, yeah. It, it, that was the funny thing is I heard it and because I had the roof off and the windows down and I'm on 405 and it, for once I didn't have the stereo cranked. And so, but it was funny because I heard it and I was like, that actually sounds good. Whoever did this, it actually sounds good. So I started looking around. Then I just see, the, and it was funny because I saw him coming and I saw it squat. And I was like, oh, that's, that's suspension. Like, that's not crappy suspension. That's real suspension. Like, this is before I just, just out of like the, the rear view mirror. So, yeah, but that's good. Had, had you seen it in the rear view mirror and he hit the gas and it went, whew, you would have gone, ooh, no. <laughs> It's so silent and good for the environment. <laughs> I don't know. I was going to say, if, if it bolted like a, like a P100D, that's, or, that's hard to argue with. Oh, I could totally see a rat rod run, you know, an off-road truck running on you know, electricity. And about it's the time so heavy, you, though. you fall onto a rock and pierce a battery and it lights on fire in the middle of the forest. <laughs> you don't you want know. that. Yeah. No, that would be pretty bad. Not good. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back right oh, after yeah. this. Run in a little while. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Nick from Rain City Supercars. This part of the podcast is brought to you by M Squared Fitness. Personalized fitness, personalized performance. Find M Squared Fitness online at m2-fitness.com. Mention Rain City Supercars. Get your first session free. And we're back. So while we were on the break, we were talking about uh, fabrication, of course, and Cantrell more. And I've, I've never had the chance to ask somebody what all goes into a cage. And as we were talking, I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is perfect for the podcast. So walk me through the process because it's pretty in-depth. And you did uh, a friend of ours, Justin Wilson, um, who our friend Davis bought his GT4 from. And you did a pretty intense cage on his car, which was I've seen. Pretty actually. much a cup car replica yeah. cage in a Porsche GT3. I think it was a 996. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, the only thing we didn't do is take the gash out. We, we cut the side of the dash and then did the full six point cage front to back. I think it was an eight point. And then, uh, all the tacos and all the necessary areas just tried to make it look Porsche, you know, stock for the most part. Cause we had all those cup cars sitting around Cantrell all the time. You kind of had a lot to just go back forth and look at. So. Went for that and color matched it. And that was definitely probably the most intense cage I've built um, besides my trophy wrap, full tube chassis and whatnot. But with the Porsches, you know, it's just a full gut. Um, lose all the interior, all your creature comforts pretty much, all that sound detonine and all that nice stuff they put in there. Pretty much gut it out. You got to build your, your pads where all the cages are going to mount. Um, some people do the bolt-in. Some people like weld-in. Once you get your pads, you start bending tube. I like making them as tight as possible and, you know, no gaps anywhere, really. Nobody wants to see that. So you make as tight to the interior as you can. If you lose the headliner, if you lose side panels, it kind of just depends on who your client is, what they're trying to do, if they're trying to put interior panels back, if they're not. Um, So that kind of 
really justifies how tight the cage can be because if you've taken out an interior in a car like your b pillar like there's three to four inches of just nonsense there so you get rid of that your cage can go there so it's awesome so once you once you gut the car then it's just where do you want the tube from there on so how long does just a uh uh, just a bolt-in cage like a back half yeah like how how long does a back half cage like a back half roll bar put in yeah um you know between 30 and 40 hours i would say of fabrication of climbing in and out of a car man it's hard work it wears you out (laughs) yeah uh sorry but like justin's car car. i think that cup car cage i think it was over 200 to you know 300 hours i would say like it's just wow it was intense like we painted the whole like i just lost track it just you know you just kind of have to keep getting it done yeah right (laughs) um so but you take all the windows out at that point so it's it it becomes a full that's a full build it's a lot of people don't take it that far they always want to like keep the windshield in so then it's like well you're not going to get you know the right product it amazes me some of the cages i've seen and i'm sure some of them are yours coming out of there and the fact i look at them i go i don't know how they got them in there i don't know how they welded them in there and then they're painted or powder coated oh yeah i mean yeah <laughs> i'm going okay so the, the cage goes this far above the door and i know it didn't come out of the door so how did you get it in yeah there? so pretty much you build it on the plates um get it all tacked in get all your joints for your main a pillars b pillars and back uh rear stays once you have that pretty much kind of simple cage built i break it down take the feet out weld all the upper upper joints so uh it drops about four to six inches depending on how you build your plates some people like flat plates so you actually cut a hole in the floor and drop it through the floor um once you drop it down you weld everything on top slam it back up put all your plates back in and then you add door bars and all the other necessary kind of bars you can't do why it's dropped down six inches so I've, learned, I've been scolded from this before. So A pillar, pillar by the windshield, B pillar right by your shoulder, C pillar the one in the back behind the, the quarter glass, just so everybody knows. Okay, so then my question is, you get all this these these, these cages that you're building in the car, and they're welded in, in the car. You've oh, welded yeah. everything up. How the hell do you paint it then? You get in there and paint it. Oh, so it is paint. <laughs> it is paint. What? Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's what I'm asking. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. That's, that's a good no, once they're welded in the car. The car. Oh, yes, yeah. Okay, that's my question. You go about and you tape everything off and... You know, some people, I think the last car he he kind of had, it was a BMW, and uh, he had some, like, kind of like his roof was funny once he took his headliner out, so he wanted me to, like, blast it with the cage so it was all color-matched and everything. So really just tape off everything and, yeah, just go at it. Be Paint very it. careful. It sucks. So it's the answer I, I, I thought it was going to be, fun. but I didn't, I'm not looking at some of these cages. And they're but it has gorgeous. to be done. Yeah. So oh, that's yeah, like, yeah. it's just like one of those things that's, you know, you, you hope they take it to that step, but not everyone pays for it or anything, or they My say they're going to do it. You should paint them. Yeah. yeah. Um, around here, uh, I've, got, I've done some clear, so I've just scotch brighted them, and then I put like a, what was it, a penetrol uh on it and that's sealed it enough that it they got to keep the clear around here so that's pretty cool we don't live in california so you can't like leave everything raw yeah <laughs> it'll rust right away yeah yeah it's kind of it's kind of funny uh blake mentioned it in our last podcast and yeah you don't skip on a cage uh no there's a reason they take so long to, to build uh, 
if you guys didn't listen to our, our last episode, you're kind of missing out. It was a really interesting one. Blake uh, had a gorgeous Porsche. It was a 76 or 78, and Cantrell did a cage for him. He got he got hit, not his fault, and the car was pretty much destroyed, unfortunately. It was a gorgeous car, and the cage saved his life by his own words, and he's All right. Matters. Um, that's what they're for. So yeah, if you guys ever look at the cost of the cage and it's too cheap, probably should raise an eyebrow. You do not want to go with the cheapest bid on a cage. No, uh, that is not the way those things want to work. That's the one area where you're like, you probably didn't spend enough if it's cheap. You can't get cages at AutoZone? <laughs> you probably can. Probably so there's a fine line cage. of figuring out where, what, what's in the budget too, of just doing like a DOM, you know, regular steel cage or if you take it to the chromoly right you know uh you can get a little bit lighter way stronger i always recommend it's just kind of where people's budgets are um yeah definitely material doubles in cost uh fab time you probably add a third of the time by taking it to chromoly just by blades wearing out you know just everything's harder you know instead of uh the 40 pounds of pressure it takes to bend regular steel. It takes 60 pounds to bend the chromoly. So it's just it's just crazy the strength you get by using the right product. What's crazy so, is you have all this in your head. It's just wild, man. <laughs> so I'm just listening. It's going, wow, okay. Oh, you didn't you didn't know that chromoly takes uh, 60 pounds of pressure per square inch? I don't think well, I, mean, I did. But I don't I think it takes well, that. Yeah, I mean, exactly. <laughs> I'm just trying to give you some numbers to give it's you an idea. It's in my head now. It, it, building them, you really know the strength difference between the two. Just because you see the bender struggling or you see your, your hole saw just wears out in two two cuts versus 10. You know, so it's, you know that you're getting a better product if you like, it's hard to work with. You know, it's like EPA or any type of wood that you can't cut. It's probably going to last forever, right? Yeah, that makes perfect <laughs> sense. I just never thought about it because I've never been a fabricator. I mean, I yeah. like to build stuff, but I've always been talking to people like you when it comes to that stuff. Yeah, I'm starting to think the Triumph needs a cage just so I don't sure. die. <laughs> probably right. Probably good. <laughs> a cage would weigh more than the car, even if we did it in Chromoly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I've done a bunch of cages down at uh, Racecraft. They've got a lot of the vintage Porsches, BMWs, and whatnot. So they they do a cool thing where they've got they just gut them down to bare. You build the cage. As soon as the cage is done, they send it off to powder coat. So the whole interior gets powder coated, comes back, gets assembled, built, and then everything else gets painted uh, nicely. So they've they've found a very nice touch on how to do these uh, vintage road road ready just they just beat on their cars too it's awesome <laughs> it, it sounds like you know like blake said like you know doing it right is the right way to do it but it's like you said affording to do it right yeah. and making you know yeah i guess the i guess the point is do the most you can afford because it's worth it in the case that you actually need it he said it too though blake said it doesn't matter like that at the point where you need a cage you will not care if you spent twenty thousand dollars on it because you will be alive at this point, exactly. I think the cage I could afford would be made out of pool noodles. But other than that, I'd use that real nice duct tape. <laughs> so. The gorilla duct tape? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Saw that go off a cliff. It, it totally works. <laughs> All right. Well, Keith, thanks for being here. This is a lot of fun. Uh, like I said, guys, uh, if you're not checking out our webpage, I've been trying to do better. I, I put a gallery up on our last Facebook post, but uh, check out the gallery on our webpage as well and our Facebook page because the Trophy Rat is... Uh, 
it's a see to believe kind of vehicle. I hope you'll bring it out to exotics or some other local car shows because that is uh, it's one of the coolest cars I've ever seen in my life. And that is saying a lot from somebody who's been to a lot of shows. Vintage car day? Yeah, that is a perfect fit for Vintage Car Day, actually. It's, it's a, is that at Reverend Townsend? Yeah. When's that? September 4th? Or yeah, it's the weekend after we get back from Exotic or yeah. from uh, Monterey. So, yeah, it would be we're back the 28th-ish, 27th, 28th. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Nick's well, going, on, like a, Nick's, yet, Nick's going on the Grand Tour yeah, I'm if the tour. California ever stops burning. but uh, No, I'm going to Colorado. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> Mike speak. Yep. Another thing, you know, since we're since we have the opportunity, the mics here. We're oh yeah. Plug, uh, new website through Seamont Rally. Yeah, SeamontRally.com is live. Uh, I just put it up yesterday. So if you guys want to see what it's about, this is our first year going official. Like we've been running this rally down the coast for years. Uh, three years. Well, One you've been running it for three, four yeah, years. Three, yeah. I've been doing it for two years. Um, we're going inland this year which uh, Yosemite is currently on fire, so that's kind of discouraging. But the rest of the route is great. It'll we may be work. going outland. We don't know yet. Well, the funny thing is, is the best roads for driving are, are not in Yosemite. I mean, Yosemite is just a gorgeous way to pass through, but it's still going to be an absolutely awesome trip. Even if, even if we have to bypass Yosemite, we're going to have an awesome time. But uh, check out seamontrally.com. If you're interested in doing it, let us know. Mm-hmm. We're kind of opening up the first day if you want to cruise along. Let us know. We're still picky about, like I said, you, you'll see it's... We want to make sure we've got good people on our drive that we can trust that aren't going to get in trouble with the law on our drive, things like that. Uh, we try and hold people to a higher standard. We're not Gold Rush. We're not Diamond Rally, which are cool, but that's not us. It's going to be a great time, though. Yeah, we can get pulled over for other ways. Yeah. Yeah. Always check our cruise control, hypothetically. Um, yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, if anybody knows uh, which state trooper's working on 990, I'm just going to throw that out there. There's a very, very nice state oh, trooper. she was wonderful. She was nice. Um <laughs> And she smelled real pretty. <laughs> I don't want that to come off weird, but I'm like, like my car smelled like watershed. And when I rolled down the window, it all of a sudden didn't. So that's all I'm going to say. Like, you know, so. Yeah, I got uh, I got pulled over last night on the way home. Like, I got all the way from the well, gorge tired. to yeah. here. And I got pulled over in Bellevue, about to get off on 405. So almost made it. No ticket. She was extremely nice. I was, you know, always be respectful. So um, Thanks for coming. Uh, Thanks for having me. No problem. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> Thanks it's about for the time we gave you some publicity for this. Your 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 rats. We're working on something fun for the next podcast too, so we just might surprise you. So you guys just stay tuned. Yeah, we're gonna podcast naked. Uh, we think it's gonna be the first of our kind. Yeah, no, we're not. He's like, I am can so I leave not doing now. That. No. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's been fun. I think, guys. <laughs> can we do burnouts now? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. All right, uh, for Rain City Supercars, I'm Nick. I'm Dan. Don't just get there. Enjoy the drive.